0: Hello again my friends, this is Father Sean with Deep Dives with Father Sean, the Super Catholic Catechesis Podcast, inspired by the catechism's reminder that times of renewal in the church are also intense moments of catechesis. I love good intense moment, nothing better than that. So that's what we got going on here today, Uh, the intensity that is drawn from scripture. So we're in part four of this series on scripture. We've been talking about a number of different things here. You know, we first start, started started talking about writing the scripture. You know, it wasn't me who wrote it, but it was certain men. There were men who sat down and wrote the scripture. Uh, just really incredible. So it's 100% human. And we also say it's 100% divine. You know, there is a particular process the Holy Spirit used that we call inspiration to to give us what we have today. So really, really special there. Uh, And then we talked about the formation of these individual books into the Bible that we have today, the canon of scripture. And then we talked about the four senses. That was kind of a fun episode. I really liked that, talking about the four senses, getting at the literal sense, what the author had in mind, getting at the... The moral sense you know what does it mean for me today getting at the future sense the anagogical sense that's the kind of a complicated word and then my favorite part is just seeing these cool patterns throughout scripture in the allegorical sense of scripture this this typological scripture just seeing like oh wow jesus there were prophecies but then there were also like incredible parallels and it just it is always a strengthening of faith to see that it's always so so cool yeah, so and then um, today we're getting into part four. We'll talk about seven keys for a good reader of scripture. Seven keys that if you want to be a good reader of scripture, you got to have this. Seven qualities. These. This will help you to absorb God's word as it was intended to be absorbed. So it should be an excellent thing. And then we'll do another episode after this, and that will be on Praying with scripture, praying on scripture. You know, it's, it's not an academic effort. You know, there's an academic element of it, and that is to support the different elements of the life of the church, and that's relevant, because the rubber hits the road there. But by and large, most of our interaction with scripture is to be of formation of our own minds and hearts. It is addressed to the whole church, but it's also addressed to us members of the church. So we'll get into that a little bit um let's begin with a prayer as we dive into these seven keys for any reader of scripture in the name of the father son holy spirit amen come holy spirit lord giver of life see us here listening in all of our different contexts or me speaking give me the words i need to 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 touch any hearts out there let them be guided by your love your mercy help them to have an opening in their heart that they may receive the seed of the word of god and that it may find a good soil prepare that soil for this seed help raise up a new generation of interpreters of scripture we ask this through christ our lord amen in the father and the son and the holy spirit amen 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 excellent so let's begin with a, a principle before we get into the seven tips. You know, one of the principles is we want to read Scripture as Scripture was written. Okay, so just as Scripture was written, we want to cultivate that same interior attitude. You know, if if you're a, if you're a Boy Scout. And you're reading the Boy Scout manual, you want to get into the mind of that person who wrote the Boy Scout manual. Yeah, you want to know the facts that are on the page, but you want to get that heart formed. You want to adopt those attitudes that that original Boy Scout guru had who put it on the paper. You know, you want it to get deep inside you. So you don't want to just conform your life to the page. You want to get conformed to the actual attitudes that were that were there beforehand. So when we're talking about scripture, we want to get into the different attitudes that the human author had as well as the divine author. It's the divine author. It's a little bit tricky to us for us, but we're because we're not God, we're not going to have the same attitudes, but that relationship is is really relevant for this. So let's talk about that. We want to read scripture as scripture was written. We read it as they wrote it. they We read it as they wrote it. So the first thing is, they wrote it in the Holy Spirit, and so therefore we should read it in the Holy Spirit. I know it is a hard thing to keep in mind that, oh, I'm going to read scripture, I should really pray beforehand so that my heart is open. But if you believe in God, and God works miracles, and the Holy Spirit responds to those who call upon him, you know, that's enough evidence right there, or that's enough evidence logic to get at the conclusion that it makes a difference. It makes a difference. So when we approach scripture, we do so in the Holy Spirit. We cultivate this interior openness that we have for the Holy Spirit, for that Holy Spirit. Uh, The second way in which these were written was in the context of the community of faith, in the context of the people of Israel in the Old Testament, or in the context of the church, the ecclesia, the, the people of God, the new people of God, united in, under the the banner of Jesus Christ, the church, the ecclesia, those who are called out, those who are summoned to himself. And we talked about that, kind of at length, uh, through this the previous series on the church, which I think worked out really, really good. I think people gave me some good feedback for that. I think they liked it. So if you're going to approach scripture, if I'm going to approach scripture, we need to do so recognizing, oh yeah, wait, I am doing this as one member of a bigger body of believers. I'm doing this in the context of the Christian community. I'm not the first one to open up the Bible. I'm not going to be the best interpreter of scripture. If I'm going to have the best read of a particular passage, I'm going to make sure that I do this in the context of everyone who's come before me and everyone who's here with me today. So, this means a couple different things. I'll expand on this a little bit. You know, don't be afraid to to look up a commentary, look up a commentary. There is a cool resource you can find it online. St. Thomas Aquinas put together in English it's the Golden Chain, the Cadena Aurea, I think it's. It is in Latin. But you can look up the Golden Chain of Saint Thomas, and it's a it's a golden chain. All these links, it's a golden chain made up of the links of teaching of our forefathers in the past. So he, verse by verse, passage by passage, he has the passage there, and the gospels he just doesn't the gospels, I think, and then he quotes this early church father and that early church father and that early church father to come up with a little bit more of a rich interpretation of Scripture as opposed to, well, let me sit down in the year 2023 and see what my heart comes up with. You know, <laughs> like okay, very relevant. It's not a bad idea, and let's make it richer. Let's go and just find out what what other people have said. So don't hesitate to check out St. Thomas Aquinas' The Golden Chain. There's also a big old fat uh, set of commentaries that are building on the church followers and the interpretation that they offer. Uh, I don't have that, and I don't know the name of it, but I've seen it a couple places, and it just looks so cool. It looks so cool. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, he's kind of highlighting specific authors more or less, but this other commentary, he's not intentionally highlighting. Those are kind of the resources that he has, I would say. But this other commentary, commentary is just really 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 impressive so that's one element of reading scripture from the heart of the church another element is also recognizing there are boundaries there are boundaries you know we believe in truth and if you believe in truth you believe that there are proposals that are not in accordance with the truth that are against the truth that are wrong there are errors and we don't know what the errors are until we know what the errors are. Uh, the Scripture says some things, and some of those things you know, might seem contradictory, and it's hard for us to get at what is true and what is not true. And therefore, we can go to the church. The church doesn't so much as say this is the official interpretation of the scripture, though there are some key scriptures that are a little bit more relevant for, that, for the church to say such things, but most of the role that the church of today and of the past has, in addition to bringing us the tradition of, of the ancients and as well as the geniuses of today, it also just provides uh, bumpers, like you're going bumper bowling. You, know, you can go into a gutter. That's a bummer. No kid wants to do that. And so what do the parents do? They, well, they talk to the person at the front desk to get bumpers up so the kid doesn't fall into the gutter. Well the ball doesn't at least follow the gutter. You can't always control those kids. (laughs) They fall where they want to fall. So it's a helpful thing to have these bumpers, to have these boundaries, to have these limitations. Why? Limitation sounds like that's not a fun thing. No. Limitation if they're limiting evil, if they're limiting error, that's really good and helpful. You know, please God, you know, if you're a parent, you're not going to let your kid uh, who's you're not going to let your 6-month-old crawl around unattended by the swimming pool. You're not going to do that. If you're a parent, you're not going to let your child have the the resources that they need to have uh access to pornography. And uh, everyone does. <laughs> I don't approve of it at all. Uh I mean that's kind of the sign of a bad parent like, "Oh yeah, I'll give my kid a cell phone and Eh, he'll just see what he sees, you know, just kind of how it goes. Like, no, 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 no. Be responsible. Care for your child. Protect its innocence. They're going to grow up and exit the house one day and protect them for that day and give them the strength to do so. But protect them, protect them, protect them early on. This is what the church does. This is why we call the church Mother Church. She cares for us. She guards us. She warns us against evils. And she proposes the truth. And so... We listen to the church, especially as she provides those bumpers. Like, okay, over here's error. Don't go over here. And within these boundaries, y'all can hash it out. Y'all can figure it out. You can dialogue. So that's a second way that we read scripture from the heart of the church. Very good. Uh, Another key element, the, the catechism mentions this as well. In addition to reading it with the church, And with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is really the true interpreter, and we are just receptive to that. I'll touch on that a little bit there in a moment, that receptivity. But we got to be time travelers. We got to be time travelers. We got to do our best to get into the minds and the hearts and the customs and the feels of the people back then. It's kind of hard to do, not going to lie. It's hard to do. But if we're really going to take it seriously, Scripture seriously, we need to. Be time travelers and go back to that that period of time. Um, so, kind of a conclusion on that is we have to be intelligent readers. We have to be intelligent readers. We got to go back in time. We got to be time travelers as readers, but we also have to be intelligent readers. Now, what I'm not I'm not talking about you got to have the highest IQ, but what I am talking about is you have to have an understanding that there is more to it. It's a complicated thing. You're not allowed to approach Scripture naively. That would be the opposite of this intelligence that I'm talking about. You have to approach it wisely, prudently. You can say, okay, you know, with the guidance of the church, with the guidance of my pastor, and by by my prayer, you know, this is what how I understand Scripture to be talking about in this dimension over here. And yet over here, there's a lot of darkness. I don't get it. Or you might say, hey, there's one passage here this is the interpretation but there could be also other legitimate interpretations the holy spirit is remember he's god <laughs> you know he can respire he can inspire the author to write the human author to write something a paragraph let's say that could have various true meanings not just one meaning but a true meaning multiple true meanings and, and because god can do that and to have that intelligence, that understanding, the wisdom to say this is true. And as other people read it, they're going to see it differently as well and it might be very true as well for them. As long as these truths are not conflicting each other because there's only one truth. But that one truth is kind of like a diamond. There are going to be multiple faces on the diamond and each one reflecting a certain angle of the truth of the diamond. Now... um, that, yes, so I want to say that that's probably a good metaphor for that. There's different faces on that diamond, just as there's different faces on a particular passage of scripture that are all true. Uh, truth can't contradict truth. You know, you can't say there's a tree outside my house and there's also not a tree outside my house. If that is to not contradict each other, then it has to mean something in a different way. They're saying the same words with different meanings. There's a tree right outside my house, or there's a tr- tree way 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 there's not a tree right outside my house or there's a tree way far away from my house so there's different ways of talking about it so but in the same way a proposition cannot find a contrary proposition and they both mean the same thing so we got to be intelligent to say there can be other interpretations that are real that are true that are good but they can't contradict they can't contradict truth can't contradict truth so we got to be time travelers. We got to be intelligent. Another thing that the church highlights in the catechism about interpretation of scripture is you got to read the whole Bible together. You got to read. You got to eat. If you're going to eat any of the enchilada, you got to eat the whole enchilada. So we read Scripture looking for the whole enchilada. You know, if you're reading the Book of Revelation and you're forgetting about all these other things that are there, you know, you're not going to get it. You're also going to be totally lost because you're not going to understand what. What the Book of Revelation is talking about when it's referring to Babylon, or these different images—a lamb, or Jerusalem, the New Heavens, and the New Jerusalem—what does that mean if you don't know the broader context of Scripture? Um, or you read Genesis there, you know, there's some cool things that are highlighted only by the coming of of Jesus. For example, the Trinity. There's some little verses there in Genesis that kind of highlight some hints that there's a trinity. But by themselves, they would no one would ever get to it. So we read Genesis in the context of the whole. And I think one of the key ways of reading this in the whole, I would say two key ways of reading the Bible, any particular passage of the Bible in the context of the whole Bible, is one, to get to know the story. You, know, you got to know the story. You got to get a sense of what's the drama here. What's the narrative? You know, this is not just um, Cain and Abel over here. No, this is one little drama in the context of the bigger drama. So you got to know the full, full story. That's a key, key part of that as well. And I would say another key part is to say Jesus is the center. Jesus is the center to read the Old Testament, to read the New Testament. And everything, you have to read it in the context of the whole, and the whole is summed up in Jesus. It's summed up in Jesus, so it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. All right, so there's there's another key. You gotta read it whole. You gotta read it all. You gotta read it all. So the let's see here. I think I'm on quality number six here. You have to read it humbly. Humbly. There are many pitfalls that we can fall into. A lot of different pitfalls that we can fall into. Uh, Let me read a little bit of scripture just to highlight this. Uh, This is from the second letter of Peter. As he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters, blah, 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 there are some things in them, the scriptures, that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures so peter's saying you know it there's hard parts there's tricky parts you got to be intelligent when you read it it's not to say you got to know everything but you got to know what you don't know but then also you got to be humble you can't just go out there and pretend like you know scripture that you understand scripture and then and then proclaim something as authoritative when it's not even true it's not even true it's like oh my gosh you are totally 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 lost this is super sad so you we we have to have to be humble we have to know where our pitfalls are we cannot manipulate scripture and an interpretation that's a manipulation is no interpretation at all you can't come to it in a proudful way saying i'm going to understand all of scripture i'm going to get to the bottom of it i'm going to know it all i know enough of scripture to know everything of scripture. It's like, ooh, 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 no, 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 no. You, we can't just pick up scripture and uh, assume that we can be the key interpreters on our own. We can't do this individually. It's a communal effort. Pride, 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 always ends in division, separation, alienation, individualism, and that ain't good. That ain't good. So we can't afford to be humble. We, know, we need to know where the pitfalls are and our lack of understanding. And then also we have to be aware that we can't just pick it up and smash it over someone else's head. This is not what Scripture was intended to do. It's useful for all teaching and preaching, as I think St. Paul says elsewhere. But it's not to be used to twist and to torment other people. No, 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 no. Because as Peter says they do it to their own destruction. Don't be that guy <laughs> be humble. And the last quality of a good reader of scripture is the one who is receptive. One who is receptive. And I'll say even hungrily receptive. Maybe that's probably a better way to put it as well. When you sit down to to read scripture for whatever purpose, personal benefit, benefit of the church. Do so with a hungry attitude. You will be hungry, want, be desirous. But don't go in there and try to take. No, be receptive. Be receptive. Uh, This is is what we're called to do. It's just like if you're going to till up some land and plant a vegetable garden. You know, you, you can plant the seed there, but you have to wait until the soil gives its fruit. You can't take, 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 especially take too early because it's not going to be ripe. You got to let it grow. You got to let the the blooms come. You got to get it you have to let that fruit form. You have to let the fruit mature and then the tree gives you the fruit and then you can receive it. Same thing with scripture. We have to approach it with a heart that is well tilled ready to receive that seed of the gospel. You might receive something and not really know what it means. It might not have its relevance immediately. You don't go in there and say, I will receive a teaching today. No. If God wants to give you something wonderful, beautiful, receive that. If God wants you to receive something deeper than what you can experience, well, great also. Go ahead and receive that. God always has something he wants to give you, and it's just... Persevering that we receive that. You might have it experienced, you might have it at a level beyond your experience and not know it at all. But trust in. Trust in it. Trust in. Trust in God's generosity. He is the giver of all good things. So ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it'll be open to you. This is the receptive attitude. Which kind of the beginning I mentioned prayer is a kind of a big deal as we approach scriptures. So please do pray. My friends, those are the seven qualities of someone desiring to be a reader of excellence of Holy Scripture. That we do so in the Holy Spirit. We do so from the heart of the church. We do so as time travelers. We do so in getting the whole of Scripture, to read the whole thing in the context of itself, with Jesus right there at the center of the story. We do so intelligently, mindful of what we do know and don't know. We do so humbly, not trying to beat other people over the head with, with Scripture. And we do so receptively. God gives, and we're the ones who receive. So thank you for tuning in today. We will pick up again on how to pray with Scripture. should be a very good episode. Say a little prayer for me, please. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Share it with a friend. Click a like, comment, whatever you want to do, however it works. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Adios, amigos. Bye.